The desire of every sincere child of God is to be more like Jesus. I said every sincere child of God is to be more like Jesus. To strive for and attain a higher plane and a higher spiritual maturity while man's spirit is yet housed in the temple of God, in the temple of flesh. Our songs, testimonies, messages, prayers tell of our quest to follow the example of Christ and to live in a realm of spirituality above temptations, sin, and corruption of this world. Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 21 and 22, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. And the writer of Hebrews would go on and say, He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are we deceiving ourselves sometimes? Are we setting our goal too high? When we talk about becoming the perfect man of God in this organization, I'm not talking to you today as a people that have no hope, a people that have no goals, a people that have no future out there somewhere or another, but I'm talking to you as a group of people and talking to Wayne as a group of people this morning that we have our minds set on something different from what we're in right now. We are going to attain a place that is going to be greater than where we are today if we will strive and, and, and try our best to live like Christ. We, we are not, we are not in a, and I said last week, and I didn't say that by any derogatory remarking, but I said sometimes we are playing church. I, I, I hope you don't take that wrong, but I, I'm as guilty as you are this morning. We have a church building here. We have, we have a structure here that has been given to us by the Lord. You say, well, we bought it and we paid for it and we labored for it, but the Lord gave it to us. I even sometimes on mornings, and, and I used to do every morning, Brother Ben, I get up and I thank the Lord for my health. I thank Him for my family. I thank Him for food and water and clothes. I thank Him for a place I have to live. And I thank Him for even the tools that I have, the vehicles that I have. And I say, Lord, thank you for loaning me these things that I can use them in this world. They are not mine. I own nothing this morning. You say, but look what I've got. You don't have anything without Him. By Him and for Him do you have everything this morning. We were even created for His pleasure. And we are here today to worship Him and to praise Him. But we are here to set our goal and our standards higher than setting a sign up out here and saying we are going to have church at, 10, at 9.45 and 11 o'clock and 6 o'clock tonight and 7 o'clock Wednesday night. We'll just go to church then and we'll worship Him then and in between then we'll just do anything we want to do and what we want to do and how we want to do it. But I want to challenge you this morning to something 
Please, God, help us to challenge me and challenge ourselves not to just come to church and live holy in here from 9.45 to 12 o'clock, but to leave this building and live holy all the afternoon and tonight and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and to let our holiness shine to the world that they can know who we are and not be ashamed of who we are or what we believe this morning. One writer said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of that gospel. But I, and I can't preach you a message this morning that you've got to have a dictionary to understand what I'm saying. I don't know that much to do it. I can't do it. I don't even care to do it. It doesn't bother me one bit in the world that I'm just an old country boy. And yeah, I don't have all these degrees that's got the DDTs and, the, and the whatever out from it, stuck out from it and the doctors on the front of it and, and all this stuff. And that's all right if you want to get that. I don't know. Some of you may be doctors. I don't know. That's fine. But just let me be regular old Wayne. I'm just serving in the hands of the Lord. In the hands of the Lord. I was, and, and I'll tell you this, and I wasn't going to, but I'll tell you this. We had a funeral yesterday, and, and Brother Claudius and Sister Sandy was at this funeral. And, and, of course, they went on with us to the cemetery. A lot of people didn't go. It was so hot. Some of the family didn't even go. But we went to the cemetery and just had a short session there. And uh, it was a little warm out there, wasn't it, Brother Claudius? It was a little warm. But some lady walked up to me after the service was over at the grave. And, and she was on the other side of the row of chairs, and she walked up to me, and she said, where do you preach? I said, nowhere if I can help it. <laughs> she said, oh, yes, you do. I said, I know you do. She said, you got to. She said, I want to tell you something. I love the way you deliver what you're saying. It's simple. It's understandable. It's, it's something that I can relate to. It's something that gets the message across. I said, well, thank you. She's trying to tell me in, in, in the nice way that I'm a simple Simon, I think. But, but I said, well, thank you. She said, well, I just wanted you to know that. I said, what's the name of your church? I said, the Church of God of Prophecy. But I'm retired, just filling in a little bit right now. But I said, I said that's it. She said, well, I want to thank you again. I'm from North Carolina. Well, I'm not saying that bragging. I'm saying it to tell you this. The gospel is simple. The gospel is simple. A righteous life is simple. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Leave the world alone out there. It's nothing but trouble. People dying and overdose, drugs, all of this kind of stuff, driving wide open, wrecking everything else. Go and hell bend everywhere they go. You meet some of them on the road and look like they possessed. I met one this morning coming around a curve and he's just trying to get it around the curve. And I'm praying I can get by him before he hits me. The world is in a mess, folks. I'm living in the world, but I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not of the world. 
I'm a citizen of two worlds. I'm a citizen of the United States of America, and I'm a citizen of the household of God in heaven. Oh, praise God. I, I got my citizenship in two places this morning. Isn't it wonderful, Brother Danny, that we can love him, we can work for him, and we live in this world that is dominated by Satan and all of his angels, all of his imps. But you can tell Satan this morning when he knocks on your door to go to hell. That's where he belongs. That's his home. That's where he's supposed to be. Tell him to go because Jesus got the keys. Jesus got the keys. He don't even have the keys to his own house. Can we really come unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's one thing to say, I'm like Jesus, but it's another thing to follow his example. I think it was Winston Churchill maybe that said one time, he said, I have stopped listening to what people say. I'm just watching what they do. Think about it for a minute. Watch what people do, not what they say. There's some people can tell you a pretty good line. There's some people can fake it pretty good. But I'm going to tell you right now this morning, there's coming a time that only the righteous washed in the blood saints of God will stand before him and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Some of them are going to say, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We've done all of this in your name. But he's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me. We are going to have to have the blood of Jesus applied to the hearts that's in us this morning. It's not going to work any other way. What, what am I supposed to do, preacher? Jesus set us an example in secret prayer. He having been, the Bible tells us in Philippians, made in the likeness of men could not maintain his heavenly life without private and frequent communication with his heavenly fathers. These prayers were sometimes lengthy and agonizing. He prayed to his Father in heaven. Jesus prayed to his Father. He prayed for power. He prayed for Everybody, he prayed for the church, he prayed for all of us. If Jesus had to pray, how much more should we not have to pray also? He was in the likeness of man. He set an example for us. Prayer is one of the favorite subjects of the church. Am I right or wrong? We talk about prayer we talk about prayer, and I'm going to say this, and you like it or lump it, I don't care, I you know, it bothered me too much no more. If you, Lord, I'm, I'm so mean it's pitiful. Shut up. You'll sit down the minutes we're praying in the church and the minutes we're sitting over yonder eating, I'll guarantee we're eating more than we're praying. 
Boy, that went over like a lead balloon. And you know what? I'm using right over it. I'm not criticizing. I'm in there with you, folks. I'm preaching to Wayne. Oh, we need to pray. We got to pray. This is pressing. We got to pray. We got to pray. Hey, we're going to eat. And you're going to get people to go eat. Brother Norman and he ain't been here since we ate the last time. It's got real quiet now. Got real quiet. I'm on your favorite subject now, aren't I? Eating. Yeah, I'm on your favorite subject. You can look at some of us and tell we like to eat. Jesus came to this earth in the likeness of man. We were created in his image by him. Is that biblical? He created everything. He made us. Yeah, he made you dirt and made her prime rib. And we ain't going back into that one again. (laughs) But we were created in his likeness and in his image. What part of that is it we don't understand? He had feet and hands, arms, Feelings, he got hungry, he got tired. Am I right or wrong? Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. He went through all of these things. He had to fight with the devil. Huh? He fought with the devil. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and Stayed there and fasted and prayed 40 days and 40 nights. He was a human being transformed from the Son of God into the Son of Man. That is simple enough. That's why I don't have to preach a message that it takes a dictionary to understand it. Because I'd have to use one to preach it anyway, so there'd be too much trouble. So he comes here like that, created like that. He knows what it is to be tempted. He knows what it is to be threatened. His mom and daddy had to take him clear out of the country when he was a baby to protect him. Herod killed the babies. This is coming in easy. Herod killed the babies. Hitler killed the babies. The good old U.S. of A. wants to kill the babies. Do you think there's any correlation between the three? They're all in the same boat, and they'll all stand before God, and they'll all lose their souls, and part of them are already burning in hell this morning unless they repented on that deathbed, and there's going to be a whole lot more going to invade it. He had to enlarge hell even in Isaiah's day, which was 800 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. What kind of shape do you think it's in right now? Do you think it might have to be enlarged again? Yes. Unless the United States of America turns around, 
Heaven is going to have to be enlarged to take care of all the babies, and hell's going to have to be enlarged to take care of all the murderers. The church, I'm going to tell you, we are here, I feel something. We are here by the grace of God this morning. I'm here in this place by the Spirit and the grace of God. I have got to get myself to the point that if Jesus did this on this earth, if Jesus could walk on this earth and touch people and they be healed and touch people and they be made whole and touch people and their lives be changed completely, we are going to have to get to the same place and somebody ought to say amen. We can't keep playing and dilly-dallying around and let souls die or suffer our members and all of this. We have got to get a hold of God somewhere or another because I believe if he could do it, we can do it. You say, but he's the son of God. He was the son of man while he was doing this. Come on. He was the son of man. I told you the other Sunday, it was, it, it was wrong to touch a leper. If you touched a leper, if you had leprosy and you touched him, you was going to catch it. But Jesus didn't just pray for them. He touched them. He touched them. Oh, preacher, we better not go see so-and-so. We might catch it. Some of them got something we need to catch. But I say, God, help us this morning that we can have enough of Christ in us that we as the church can move to a point in our lives that we can do things. He said we would do greater things than he did. Am I right or wrong? Greater things. And I've said it over and over and over and over again, and I know you're tired of hearing it, but what in the world are we waiting for? See, you keep preaching the same thing. Well, when we start doing it, I'll preach something else. <laughs> Preacher went to a new church. Preached the same subject, same message for about four or five Sundays. Members went to him and said, don't you know anything else to preach? He said, I'll preach it when you all start doing what I preached the other time. No need to go any further if you ain't going to do what you started out on, is it, Brother Bob? We need to understand what he wants us to do. We need to understand what he's trying to tell us. We need to get it through our heads, what he has come here for, what he died for, what he was an example for, what he gave us for. Don't, don't misunderstand him or the word. Wife told her husband, she said, I want something to go from zero to 60 in three seconds. He said, stand on the scales. <laughs> zero to 200. I want something to go from zero to 200 in six seconds. He, he said, get on the scales. You see, you got to understand that one good understanding. Jesus is coming back after a church that hath made itself ready. But preacher, we're waiting for the Lord to do this. What do you mean you're waiting for the Lord? 
He said, you make yourself ready. That's exactly right. And we're sitting here like he ain't never coming back. I would ask you a question, but I ain't no telling what kind of answer I'd get, so I better not ask you. <laughs> I'll just use that one right over there instead of your wife. I married her nearly 67 years, 66 and a half years ago. The day we got married, You don't think I went over to her house and got her ready, do you? And dressed her. Huh? You're right, I didn't. When I got to her, well, I tell you what, we had one of these highfalutin weddings. We got married at her parents' house by the preacher. It cost me 20 bucks. Go broke paying off the wedding. Went over to her house. She was already dressed up in her suit, in her dress, outfit, suit. I had mine on. We stood before the preacher and we got married. She made herself ready. Come on. She made herself ready. You listen to me. Still gonna marry her? She's the one that's gonna get ready. You make sure that happens. Not you, but her. She's gonna get ready, and you're gonna marry. And that vow says for life. Uh oh. Better for worse, rich or poor, and some days it's worse and some days it's poor. Huh? <laughs> Are you with me, Danny? <laughs> we joined we joined the body of Christ. I know the covenant you take here does not put you in the body of Christ. The Bible says he adds to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, am I, is this going to rub somebody the wrong way? If it is, it's tough. But on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls were saved, and he added to the church daily such as should be saved after that, right? He kept adding them to the church. You say, well, they're not a member of the church. I don't care what you think. He's the one that's got the record book. Amen. You join this, if you join this church here at Huddleston, it's so you can be called together for business meetings and so forth, and, and you, you're in one body of people, that, and we have your name, and we know who you are and so forth. That doesn't make you a child of God. Doesn't make you a child of God. And, and, and so we joined, we joined the night, the day, or whenever it was, that we got ourselves right with Jesus, I believe he wrote our name down in the Lamb's book of life. Now, I know this might not go over big in some circles with some preachers, but they, they can, if they can prove me something different, I'll change. Right now, I'm not going to change. 
because he is the one. Let me tell you something. There's names on church rolls that I haven't even seen the people for 20 years. How in the world did I get on this? <laughs> There's some of them even dead. One pastor's telling me here, a while back as pastor of church in the community that he got to looking at his role. He has about 10 or 15 or 20 in his church on Sunday morning. And he said, about 300 on the roll. He said, most of them dead. <laughs> the church is not going to do it, folks. It's the relationship we have with him. We are making ourselves ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. We are getting ready for that. But before we get totally dressed and finished up, we have got to get enough of the Spirit and the power of the Almighty God in us to look like Him. To look like Him. We shall see Him, for we shall be like Him. I told you about the two women that was in the silversmith shop. I know I've told you that. And he was stirring and stirring and stirring the silver. And one of the ladies said, how do you know when it's complete and finished? And he says, when I can see my image in it. When, when Jesus can look at Danny and see his image there, then that's okay. When he can look at Bob King and see himself there, then that's okay. But if he still sees you, there's something wrong there because you are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you are living, yet not I, not you, but Christ liveth in you. God help us. Please don't take me as just being a critical old preacher. I just want us to get ready for the coming of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you right now, if this world keeps going like it's going right now this morning, it can't be long. We keep saying that over and over and over and over. But never has there been a time in the history of mankind that the entire Bible was fulfilled like it is today. Never. Wars, rumors of wars, all these things happen, earthquakes, parents against children, children against parents, all this kind of thing going on today. Everybody marrying anything they want to. Surprise me if some people don't marry the dog before it's over with the way they love them. Lord, how in the world did I say that for? Marry anything. I've got to quit here. It's sad but hopeless. Would not, would not it be great sometime for us to read that scripture again over and over? It's my favorite in the Bible, Galatians 2 and 20, that I just quoted some of it. I am crucified, I'm dead with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm alive. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Church, we must not be caught up in the striving and vying for position and acceptance in this sinful world. To seek personal glory or gain is worldliness. 
There must be a return to the crucifixion and the burial of self in the likeness of Christ and death. We must, we must change our status once in a while and try to imitate Him more than the things of the world. But preacher, the world, this church is not doing it like that. That other church is doing this, that, and the other. They have an entertainment center. They have a bouncing ball house every Sunday, not just when you have a special occasion. They have, they have this big bar that we can go in and sit down and eat and drink before we go in church. They have all this. I don't care what they have. I don't care if they got Disney World out in front of their store or in front of their church or whatever building they're in. There's nothing like getting together with a group of spirit-filled people with the power and the spirit of the Almighty God in their midst and something moving in there that you're not going to get somewhere else. We can get those things when we leave the building. But let's stay in here this morning and worship the Lord. Is it wrong to say we need God? We need the Spirit of God. We need the power of God. Oh, no, there's kids up here singing a while ago, there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. I'm not even going in there. This old body here may go in there, but I'm going out. I'm going out. When I breathe my uh, last breath, I'm going out and be somewhere else. And I fully believe with all of my heart when Jesus was put in that body, was put in the tomb, he was already starting a revival. I believe that with all of my heart. And I believe that, that he's coming back. I believe the church is going to be ready. I believe the church is going to be perfect. I believe the church is going to be ready to meet him. Glorious, dressed in garments, white, pure, and fair. When, when you married your wife, when, when you got married, she didn't have a fault in the world, did she? Huh? Randy, did you give Susie a list of her faults before you married her? I'm not going to ask you if you do it now. I ain't, I ain't getting into that now. But when you marry, when you marry, she's going to be a perfect woman. Come on, Ben. Nod your head like a chicken picking up a She's going to be a perfect girl, right? And you're going to marry her. Two or three days later, you might find one little blemish somewhere or another. Not, you don't have to look for it, but you might. But Jesus is coming back after a perfect church. A perfect church. It's going to be ready for him. Sing, you'll stand, come and pray however you wish this morning. Pray, talk to the Lord, sing.